Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Dr. Amira Sankey is a specialist plastic surgeon working in Cogra, New South Wales. She qualified as a specialist plastic surgeon in 2011 and currently trains plastic surgery registrars at St. George Hospital in aesthetic surgery. Dr. Sankey is also the vice president and chair of education of the Australasian Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons, responsible for organizing the annual educational events of ASAPs. ASAP's education is credited with keeping the plastic surgery community connected and well-informed, leading to better patient safety and satisfaction. Dr. Sankey has been instrumental in ASAP's media and lobbying campaigns for the public to know the difference between qualified surgeons and cosmetic doctors. Dr. Sankey has a special interest in body contouring after massive weight loss, and has presented locally and globally at plastic surgery meetings on the topics of aesthetics and reconstructive plastic surgery. I'm so honored to host Dr. Sankey on this episode so that we can really deep dive into all of the changes surrounding cosmetic enhancement and cosmetic surgery. I guess cosmetic surgery went through a really bad time and we sort of had this perfect storm where we had a boom in cosmetic surgery that was mostly related to the boom in an unregulated advertising industry. So lots of TikTok, social media, website, people were being bombarded with the suggestions of improving how they look. And then on top of that, we had unregulated doctors. And in fact, doctors who weren't even surgeons capitalizing on this moment and practicing cosmetic surgery, even though they didn't have qualifications. So of course, in this perfect storm, what's going to happen is that we're going to see a rise in complications um, and we're going to see a rise in botched patients and very unhappy patients and patients whose lives have been destroyed um, by this, uh, what they thought was a good idea, but was actually really poorly thought. So ASAP's noticed this um, and all because all of our members were sending in the stories and we wanted to do something about it. And then the media noticed it as well. And then, of course, there were also whistleblowers like Madison Johnston who noticed it. And this all came to a head when the medical regulator, APRA, finally said, OK, maybe we need to do something. That's pretty much the problem in a nutshell. And when I see patients coming to me for second opinions after their surgery has gone terribly wrong, there's always two consistent features. The first is they had no idea their doctor wasn't a surgeon because why in this highly regulated industry in Australia where there is so much red tape, we put red tape on the red tape, why would anyone in Australia ever think that it was possible for a doctor who's not a surgeon to practice surgery? So that's the first thing. And the second thing is they look back on it and there were so many bells. There were so many red flags, so many warning signs, but they were so caught up in the advertising, in the glossy rooms, in the fantastic sell of the team around that doctor that they were blind. They, they couldn't see all the little warning signs to stop them from going ahead. 
what is the difference that makes the difference? So your campaign, the education campaign that ran before yeah. the July 1 changes was called Know the Difference. But how do we know the difference? And what is the difference between a medical doctor who is still a highly esteemed, highly educated, uh, wonderful part of society and contributing in many, many ways, but what is the difference that then allows them to call themselves a specialist plastic surgeon? What's What have we missed? It's such a simple thing. The difference is that we have the surgical qualification of F-R-A-C-S, FRAX, so five letters. And when you look at before July 1, when you look at a lot of cosmetic doctor science, they'd have like 50 letters after their names and yes. they were all meaningless. You know, they could have been a weekend course that they did in liposuction. Um, so the only letters that actually say that I'm a surgeon are the FRACS, which is the diploma that's awarded in surgery by the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons. And that is the only accredited surgical scheme. So the tricky, the obvious question to ask is, okay, so there are these doctors who aren't really surgeons. Well, why would a hospital accept them operating there, yes, right? I, I need to so, know this. Yeah. So the way around that issue is for a doctor to then just do the operations in their back room, in their procedure room, um, under the radar, or to use smaller facilities where you know, they can just kind of avoid detection. Um, because what again, these facilities, facilities? I'm, I'm really curious, what do you mean smaller facilities? Like a like... mini hospital, a day surgery, something like that. Wow. So part of looking for um, a surgeon is to know that that surgeon is not just qualified and has the FRACS, but also that they're working in a licensed hospital um, so a hospital that meets a certain standard. But how would they, you know? How yeah, would a consumer You ask know? them. You ask them. You ask them. And on that hospital's website, it will also say their level of accreditation and licensing. Um, so that's actually another thing that we now have to do. When we meet a patient, we have to tell them which hospitals we work in. And I suppose the alarm bell would be if they're trying to take you to a little procedure room in the back of the office or, um, you know, a hospital you've never heard of or something that just doesn't look quite kosher. You know, that's when that's when it raises the red flag. I'm so pleased that as a as a patient and as someone who has had cosmetic surgery before mm. from a specialist plastic surgeon who whose consult process to me was impeccable. Yes. Um, I had five post-operative follow-up appointments. Uh, yeah. Before my surgery, I was told of all the complications. I was given the opportunity to have, have my process. stitching revised if I wanted to at no additional cost. So many things that were, as you said, green flags. Like, uh, But I still had it, even before the laws came in, my surgeon um offered me a calling off period uh, and and wouldn't take me on as a as a patient after the first uh, appointment so all of those things but again you know I was closer to the industry I knew the difference between a specialist plastic surgeon uh, and a, a cosmetic surgeon um so yeah all all of those things are are very very comforting for patients um let me ask you, in addition to uh, looking for those letters, the FRAX letters, mm. and 
um, going over to check out the hospital website where the specialist plastic surgeon has suggested this surgery will take place. What are some of the other places we can check to, uh, if we're a bit embarrassed to ask the surgeon ourselves? Yeah, or we can do absolutely. A bit of research? So um, I think if you wanted to just do a check on your surgeon themselves, then the obvious thing is to just look at their titling, um, that they're a specialist plastic surgeon or specialist otolaryngologist if you're having a nose job with a rhinoplast with the you nose and throat surgeon. So just check that they've got the word specialist in their titling. Um, but if you also wanted to just use another website, the asaps.org.au website will take you to a website of members of ASAPs who are all specialist plastic surgeons with an interest in aesthetic plastic surgery. Um, and they are some pretty th simple things to do. The great thing about the guidelines is that they also insist on a referral letter from your GP. And a GP is, like you and me, an insider in the system. So they are a great person who can also help you with the process of looking at who you should go see. So look, I guess the most important thing to say is that complications can happen in the best, healthiest patients with the best surgeon, the best anaesthetist, the best care. Sometimes we're unlucky and bad things can happen. In those situations, when I think about my patients who have had, you know, post-operative infections or bleeds, they end up becoming my closest and my dearest patients because what every plastic surgeon will do in that situation is draw them in closer and look after them even more carefully and make sure they're okay and make sure they feel supported. If you don't get that feeling after you've had a problem or a complication, then you can look into it further and you can complain. And what I would suggest to patients in that situation is firstly discuss it with the surgeon because there's always two sides to a story and sometimes just hearing the explanation can help you appreciate what's going on. Getting a second opinion from another surgeon is often really helpful to just give insights into the situation and what was happening there because maybe you just didn't understand in the, that surgeon's words what was going on. And then if you're still feeling like this was not right and I'm really unhappy, the next steps are to speak to the medical board, to APRA, and there is a cosmetic surgery hotline to call. Um, and they will usually, in New South Wales at least, defer you on to the HCCC. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson.